Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Most of us, at some point in time in our life, have asked that timeless question, Am I really doing God's will? Am I living the life that God wants me to live? Am I doing exactly what God wants me to do? Well, an answer to those questions can be found in the first reading of this weekend's readings from the book of the prophet Samuel. Here, we hear the call of Samuel by God to be a prophet. And it teaches us a great lesson. It teaches us how we can come to know God's will for each and every one of us and then act upon it. Now, if you study sacred scripture, you see God constantly calling people into discipleship. And in doing so, they find God's will and they act upon it. But what's so unique is before they can come to know God's will, God enters into their life. He shares a life with them. And he then calls them. And in calling them, the individual then knows their own identity. Their life has changed forever. Their identity is wrapped up in their own calling, in doing God's will. I'll give you some examples. Moses, he encounters God on top of Mount Sinai in the form of a burning bush. Isaiah, simply praying in the temple, encounters the presence of God. Paul, Paul, on that road to Damascus, he is going to a city, Damascus, where he is going to arrest and persecute the Christians of that church in Damascus. And yet all three persons in these events, they encounter God. God enters into their life. And in doing so, they come to know God's will for them. And then they act upon it. And yet in doing so, their lives are changed completely. Now they have a new identity. Look at Moses. Moses was a shepherd in the desert for years and years. He encounters God. He knows God's will. And now he becomes the leader of the entire Israelite nation and leads them out of slavery. Isaiah, praying in the temple, common person, just a common Joe like you and I. And yet he encounters the Lord. He knows now God's will for him. And now he becomes one of the greatest of all the prophets of Israel. Paul. Paul, he encounters the Lord on the road to Damascus. He knows now God's will for him. He's no longer the great persecutor of our church. Now he becomes the greatest defender of our church, the greatest of all the apostles. His identity now is changed. See, that's what happens when God enters into our life, when he calls us. When we know the will of God, now we know our identity, who we are. And so, the first lesson that we can take from knowing God's will in our life is to know and trust that God actively pursues us. Our God is a God that is constantly pursuing us. What must we do? Allow ourselves to be caught by God. 
You know, I've, I've constantly preached about and written about this New Age spirituality that is becoming so prevalent in our country and our culture. It's a spirituality in which the individual themselves becomes the active pursuer of God. God becomes this passive figure, this very estranged figure outside in this great distant land just waiting to be found. And therefore, the whole spiritual life is about the person, you know, pursuing God and searching for God. Well, that whole idea is a bunch of rubbish. That's a terrible spirituality. And that's not the spirituality of ours as Catholics. Our God, our biblical-based God that we believe in, is one that is not a passive figure, just sitting on the outside, you know, waiting to be found. No, just the opposite. The biblical God that we believe in is an active God that constantly pursues us. You know, the first reading just proves that. Now, notice how it begins. Samuel and Eli, they're sleeping in the temple. Well, again, it's a basic biblical truth. Whenever you hear people sleeping in the Bible, it's a bad thing. Go to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' passion. Here he takes Peter, James, and John. And he tells them, stay here and pray with me. But they fall asleep. Three times he goes back to them. Three times he awakens them and tells them to stay awake. And each time they fall asleep again and again. Well, in the spiritual life, sleep is a bad thing. Because the people are not awakened to the presence of God in their midst. Well, so true with Samuel. He's asleep. Now notice where he's He's in the temple. In fact, he's sleeping right next to the Ark of the Covenant, which truly is the presence of God. And so Samuel, like the apostles in the Garden of Gethsemane, they're not awake. They're not spiritually awake to the presence of God in their midst. Here's the second lesson to know God's will for each and every one of us. Stay awake. You know, we are awake to many things in life. We are awake to our careers, to people, to relationships. We are awake to money, materialism, our power. And yet, a lot of times, we are spiritually asleep. We've got to stay awake. How do we stay awake? Coming to Mass every weekend, praying every day, engaging in stewardship, sharing your prayers and your talents and your treasure for the benefit of your parish community. See, those are all ways in which you stay awake. Awake to the presence of God in your midst. Well, the story continues. God calls Samuel, and he keeps calling him again and again. And Samuel, he doesn't know the presence of God. He doesn't recognize God's voice. He mistakenly thinks it's Eli. Well, the third lesson that we can take to help us understand God's will is we have to prayerfully discern God's voice versus all the other voices that we have in our life that are calling out to us. And those voices come in many different forms. Our culture, our media, our careers, our neighbors, our friends, relationships, power, money, materialism, they're all calling out to us. What we have to do is differentiate them from the voice of God. You see, if we follow those other voices, if we act upon them, we're no longer acting upon God's will. And now we're going someplace that we shouldn't be going because we're following the call of something else other than God. I'll give you a great example of this. It's a story of Peter. It's called Quo Vedas. 
And Quo Vadis is Latin for where are you going? You may have read the book or seen the movie. Well, essentially, the story is all about Peter. And he is in Rome. And at the height of the persecutions in Rome, essentially, Peter's disciples find out that the Roman soldiers are hatching a plot to capture Peter and execute him. Well, immediately upon finding this out, they go to Peter and they tell him. And they encourage him, they strongly encourage him to leave Rome and save his life. Well, Peter listens to them. And so upon leaving the gates of Rome, he sees this figure off in the distance coming towards him. And it's Christ. Christ is coming towards him. Well, Peter comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, where are you going? And he says to Peter, I'm going to Rome to be crucified again. Well, upon hearing this, Peter immediately turns around and says, Lord, I will follow you. And as the two are walking into Rome, Jesus immediately ascends back into heaven. And upon doing so, the words of Jesus hit Peter. Those words basically spoke about Peter's own martyrdom. And Peter immediately starts crying. He realizes the mistake he made. He listened to his disciples that were telling him to leave Rome and save his life, rather than listening to Jesus, who was telling him to stay in Rome and give his life for him. See, we can all fall into that trap ourselves. We can all listen to those other voices in our life, voices of power, honor, materialism, whatever it is. You know, we no longer follow the voice of Jesus Christ. See, if we do that, we're no longer acting upon God's will, instead the will of others. So we must prayerfully discern God's voice versus all the other voices in our life. Well, the story continues. Finally, Eli gets what's going on. He understands it's God calling Samuel. That's why he tells Samuel, the next time you hear this call, answer, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Here's the fourth lesson that we can take from knowing God's will in our life is that we have to seek the help of others in being able to discern God's voice. Samuel had a hard time distinguishing Eli's voice versus God's voice. He needed Eli's help. Well, so too do we. We need the help sometimes of finding out or figuring out God's voice from all the other voices that we have in our life, discerning God's will for us. We need good and holy people in our lives to help us and direct us. Why not? You know, players need coaches. Students need teachers. Well, we need good and holy people in our life. You know, people that can help us discern God's voice. And why? Because these good and holy people have already heard God's voice. And they know God's will for them. And they acted upon it. And so now they can help us too. And so those people are in our parishes. They are teachers or nuns or priests, whoever they are. Like Eli, they help us to discern God's voice and then help us to act upon it. Finally, the story ends. Samuel finally hears God again, and he responds, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The fifth lesson and the final lesson that we can take in understanding and knowing God's will for us is that God's invitation, his call, is deeply personal. He calls us by name. 
Again, our God is not a God that is some distant figure that sits in some far distant galaxy waiting to be found by us. No, our God is a God that knows us intimately. Give you a great example of this. Turn to Jeremiah's call, chapter 1, verse 5. God says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you even were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to all the nations. See, that's the level of intimacy that God has with us. God's call, his invitation is deeply personal and deeply intimate. One last thing to think about. Samuel, he does follow God's will. He does become a prophet and a great prophet at that. He experiences joys as well as challenges in being a prophet. Well, following God's will for each and every one of us, yeah, we'll find joys, but it's not necessarily always going to be easy. Jesus never promised that. But what he did promise was, I will be with you until the end of time. See, we have to trust and believe in that promise. If we truly do, then we will come to know God's will. And then, then we can respond to God's call exactly the way Samuel did. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.